Welcome once again to Robert Nauer Unfiltered. And this particular episode is a little different than what I've done before. I originally recorded this in season one. Can't remember to tell you what session it was, episode. But it's about a married couple that was charged with a violation of the Federal False Claims Act back in the late 2010s, whatever. It was a case known as United States versus Odyssey Marketing. Um, number 5-15-CV-510-BO. And it paints a clear and convincing picture that even though the married couple, the as alleged by the Army Criminal Intelligence Division, said that they had conspired to defraud the federal government of funds, and they could not prove the case. Now, how is it that I have background in this? Well, because I used to be a friend of this couple who was quite successful, very successful in the uh, DOD area when they started their firm down in Georgia. And I'm not going to use the names of the, the last names of the couple. I'm only going to use their first name. Their name was Rod and Terry. Very nice couple. Loved them to death. Thought when I met them that they were like the best thing since sliced bread I had ever met as a government contracting officer. And I tried to help them. They had a lot of issues because they were a new upstart firm. And they had gone from making eh, a couple hundred thousand dollars to over $22 million a year after 9-11 simply by supporting the uh, employer support of the Guard and Reserve, the Army Reserve, and the Army, and uh, a bunch of different activities down in their area, and in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, what did they do? They did marketing. They did printing. They did emblematic supplies, which I guess the federal government should be in. They did a lot of things. They did symposium support, conference support, they made a lot of money, and they were very successful, primarily because the wife, Terry, was a very, very affable and gregarious uh, and good-looking individual. And Rod, who worked behind the scenes as the chief operating officer, he was very attuned to running a business, doing it well, and just did a great job in the back office supporting the company. They had a chief financial officer. They had... I think about 22 to 25 employees at one point in time. And they were just a growing and successful firm. And the first time that I ever met Rod and Terry was when I flew down to meet them with the Assistant Secretary of Army Reserves, a very unusual lady, I must say. And uh, we kind of hit it off. She didn't like me at first, but we kind of hit it off. And after I... I was known as the guy, the fix-it guy. I could fix and resolve any issue. That's one of the reasons uh, ESGR hired me when they did, because they had just a clusterfuck and a major problem with their previous contracting people who had helped the DOD agency incur over 200 unauthorized purchases, unauthorized acquisitions. We call them UAs or UCAs. 
un unauthorized contracting actions. And Terry and Rod, in their firm Odyssey, had uh, a lot of bills that the Army had not paid for some reason. And I delved into it, did my research when I first got there, and found out uh, what the problem was. And the problem really was multifaceted. One, the finance guy, an Army major, he didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, didn't know his job, and he was a tank driver. And you don't put a tank driver in the job of a finance officer or contract finance and expect things to go well. They didn't. They couldn't find files. They couldn't locate files. They had no real records-keeping system. Anyway, that's not the case. The case that this revolves around, uh, revolves around is a federal false claims violation. It happens all the time. It mostly happens with doctors and medical supply houses that bilk and steal money from Medicare and Social Security. They are the ones that 90% of the time bilked the federal taxpayers out of hundreds of millions of dollars by overcharging, double billing, false billing to Medicare. But the Federal False Claims Act is a broad statute that applies to anything in government, including the receipt of funds from the government for which you are not entitled to receive. In other words, you get a... a a payment made into your bank account or by check or digitally that you are not entitled to. One, because you may not have a contract. Somehow it mistakenly got into your bank account. And, and you know pretty much as a citizen that it's obvious that you are not entitled to this money. The problem with Odyssey and with Rod and Terry is that Rod... Um, called me one day after I had retired from the federal government and said, hey, I've received this huge amount of money, $700,000, and I don't know what to do with it. And I said, well, it's got to match up to one of your federal contracts, Rod. I said, it's got to match up. There's got to be a marrying document that supports that payment to your firm. And he said, but there isn't any. And, and as he looked into it, um, it turns out that his wife, behind his back and without discussing things with him, um, had worked out a deal with the government, the Army Contracting Officer Technical Representative, or COR, and the program manager, both um, ladies who worked for the Family Services Division in Georgia for the Army, and they had concocted this scheme whereby her firm would do work for the Army and they would try to do a workaround or a fake modification or a fake contract. And she got the program manager to sign a fake contract. Well, that's no different than what car dealers do. They have somebody sign a fake voucher or a fake automobile contract or anything where by fraud a false signature other than a contract government contracting officer signs off on a invalid contract that looks valid on the face of it until you start looking at the accounting data and rod had this contract that was 
basically fraudulent. But he didn't know it was fraudulent. Not until I pointed him in the right direction and um, and I looked into it with the accounting data was totally out of whack and incorrect and in no way, shape, or form. So obviously the program manager in the Army did not know what she was doing and she didn't know anything about accounting data and how to read accounting data, which is a very long summary digital line on a contract document. And she just basically made up numbers. Uh, you can't do that. That's fraud, and it's going to get you put in prison. So she did that, and uh, and I guess the wife thought she would be able to get away with that, bill the Defense Finance and Accounting Service for the services that her firm rendered. Now, here's the issue. Her firm actually did render the services, give the services, and did do work for the Army. But the problem was they had no valid contract ever. She had a fake contract that she had gotten the program manager and the COR to dummy up so that they could bill the government fraudulently and, and then get paid for the work that they had all agreed to do. Unbeknownst to the real contracting officer that was sitting at Fort Bragg. <laughs> so... The bottom line is the husband did not know what the wife was doing. The wife was going off doing things that she had no business and no right legally to do, helping to conspire to commit fraud. And ultimately, somehow, I don't know how, because I've worked up at DFAS too, DFAS paid $700,000 on this fake contract. and. So Rod called me, very concerned about this payment that his firm had received. And so he sent me a copy of the contract. And as I got into looking at it, everything about it was wrong. The line items that we call a cleanse, contract line items, were incorrect. The object class was incorrect. The accounting data was incorrect. And the way they were trying to bill was incorrect. And yet, somehow DFAS paid that damn contract. So he said to me, he said, I don't know where these funds are coming from that say they're coming to this contract, but I didn't know anything about this contract. And I said, well, all I can tell you is, Rod, as a government contracting officer, if your firm has actually done work for the government and not been paid for it, you have the right to have your congressman intercede and put in a bill to try to get your firm paid for work that is unsupported, which it was. I said, other than that, you have to give that money back because that money is ill-gotten gains that you are not entitled to because you didn't have a contract. So somehow, I don't know how, I don't know what your personal married situation is, but somehow somebody in the Army got that money paid to your firm for which your firm was not entitled. So he said, what should I do about it? And the bottom line was, I said, well, according to the law, you have to give it back. And if you don't give it back, then you are guilty, prima facie, you are guilty of a violation of the Federal False Claims Act, and you will have to pay triple damages, or we call them treble damages, 
plus interest for the monies that you received that you did not pay back. So I said, the bottom line is you need to give it back. So again, let me, let me reiterate. My detailed background as a government contracting officer, as a senior government contracting officer, and as a professor of defense contracts, this particular case was brought by the Department of Justice and the Army against this young married couple under the False Claims Act, better known as the FCA, by the Army criminal investigators. In the end, there wasn't sufficient evidence to proceed with the case to a jury after going back and forth and back and forth for over three years in federal court. And the case was ultimately dismissed by federal judge Terrence Boyle against the couple. And although dismissed, what this story of the federal false claims points out, and not just to people who deal with contracts with the federal government, but doctors and medical supply houses who also violate the Federal False Claims Act under Medicare, is all of the significant issues that the couple had to deal with, the legal expenses, the emotional heartache, the ultimate divorce that did occur, simply because... And, and let me listen to this. Simply because one person in that marriage, the wife, did not do the right thing. The husband did the right thing. He gave the money back to the government. And he got a receipt for it. And I told him to get a receipt for it. He gave the 700000 back immediately, once I told him to, to DFAS, and made sure that he got a receipt for that $700,000 return of monies. That is the one thing that kept their ass out of jail. That is the one thing that kept them both from having to pay back $2,100,000, in other words, treble damages, for the receipt and use of that money, which they were not entitled to receive. Now, none of this would have happened had the wife done the right thing. But she didn't. She did the wrong thing. She conspired with others to basically create a contract that was not legal. She did not, she did a workaround outside of the purview of the federal army contracting officer who claimed she knew nothing about what Odyssey was doing. So one person did the right thing, the husband, the chief operating officer, and the other person, the head of marketing, did the wrong thing by conspiring with others to try to do work for the Army, which was valid, but she didn't have a contract. How fucking stupid can that be? Now, I had advised them never, ever, ever during the time that I knew them to always work with their contracting officer. If there were modifications on contracts, to work with their contracting officers to try to achieve a bilateral modification. But none of this is what she did. So, you always have to do, especially in federal contracting, you always and medical, you always have to do the right thing and be above board. And you have to be ethical as a business in your transactions whenever you're dealing with the federal government. Why? Because just like Donald Trump, they will put your ass in jail. 
You have to do the right thing. You have to be ethical. You have to be honest. And you have to have integrity. Now, integrity goes a long way, but it is something that a lot of people do not have today. Now, if you listeners want to read and understand more about how this case went and what it works, all you have to do, and I'm going to repeat this very slowly, you can Google United States versus Odyssey Marketing Group, but here is the URL, https colon backslash backslash case text, that's C-A-S-E-T-E-X-T dot com backslash case, C-A-S-E backslash United dash states dash V dash Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y dash M-K-T-G dash G-R-P dash I-N-C dash one. And again, that's the case here if you want to Google it, United States versus Odyssey Marketing Group, Inc., number five, semicolon 15 dash Charlie Victor dash 510 dash Bravo Oscar open paren capital E dot D capital D dot N dot C June 7, 2017. And this case points a clear and convincing picture that even though the married couple and all the parties involved were not remotely correct in any of their personal actions, which caused this false claim action to be brought against them by the Army Criminal Intelligence Division, the case only hinged on one main factor. Let me repeat, the case only hinged on one main factor. Although there were fuck-ups all along the way, screw-ups by everybody all along the way, the one main factor was that the husband, Rod, immediately returned the federal government funds, all the improperly obtained and received $700,000 because he, the chief operating officer of Odyssey, knew that the funds were improperly obtained. Not correct. And that he could not legally retain the money as there was no supporting federal contract or modifications to justify the retention of the $700,000. So this one simple act that I told him to do, and I did tell him to return the monies, this one simple act of this podcaster kept that husband and wife out of prison and from being found guilty of wrongdoing under the Federal False Claims Act. It kept them out of trouble. So, the others that were involved in the case, the program manager and the COR, contracting officer's representative, they weren't so lucky. But Rod and Terry and Odyssey were. They came out smelling like a rose. Now, that doesn't mean that they didn't spend a shitload of money on legal fees to 
try to get this case dismissed, just like Trump's trying to do, it doesn't mean that they weren't in the hole financially because that's the court. That's the cost of doing justice. Uh, nobody knows that better than me, having had to hire a, a former federal prosecutor to try to protect me from a situation after I had retired. The problem is, is that legal advice and, and fairness under the law comes with a price. It comes with a cost, and the cost is legal fees. Let me give you an example. Say you have a DUI. To basically go to court and try to get it dismissed requires you hire a very good criminal DUI attorney. That alone will cost you anywhere from three to $10,000, depending upon what you did. And if you killed somebody, well, it's going to cost a shitload more than that. In the case of a criminal misdemeanor where you want to go to a jury trial, the main reason most people do not go to a jury and they plea bargain with the federal prosecutors or this county or city prosecutors is because they cannot afford it. They're not indigent, so they're not entitled to a free attorney, who's probably not worth the salt anyway, but they can't afford a good attorney. And they know that. Their attorney will sit them down and say, you can't afford me. If you take this to a six-man jury for a criminal misdemeanor, you're, it's like playing craps or Russian roulette. You may actually get put in jail for a year, two, three years, whatever. To try to take it before a jury is going to cost you around, and I'm just throwing out averages because I do know these prices, fifty dollars to $100,000. And you may still get convicted. Is that a risk that anybody who's not bad wants to take? Hell no. So in the case of Rod and Terry, they had to hire really good attorneys, and each of the, the husband had his own attorney, and she had her own attorney, and blah, 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 and, and the company hired their own attorney. Read the case. The case is out there, United States versus Odyssey and, and Marketing Group. It's a lot of money to defend yourself. But the company, you got to remember, had revenues at one point of $22 million a year. That's a shitload of money. So it was worth it to the company to try to defend themselves. But the husband and wife were in the midst of getting a divorce at the time. Uh, and so they each had to hire their own attorneys. Uh, I guess if they loved each other, they would have, you know, maybe just had one attorney to represent them. Uh, obviously, their attorneys were very good at what they did. Anyway, the point is, legal fees are very expensive in America. The average price today for a good criminal defense attorney runs anywhere from $650 an hour to $1,500 an hour. Can you imagine? Makes me wonder what Donald Trump is paying all of his multiple attorneys to keep his ass out of jail. <laughs> but anyway, it's very expensive. And the average American citizen, even if you made $100,000 a year, you cannot afford an attorney. It'll bankrupt you. Now, I have another case the case involving Jim, which I'll talk about later. And it's why you want to keep your mouth shut when the police ever, or prosecutor or anybody ever wants to talk to you. Never, ever, ever, ever say anything to a federal investigator or the police, no matter even if they're at your car window. Keep your fucking mouth shut. 
until you have an attorney present because it'll cost you if you don't keep your fucking mouth shut. So anyway, bottom line is, in this particular case, the Federal False Claims Act is a very, very good federal uh, criminal and civil statute. And it will bite you in the ass if you violate it. If you're a, if you're a doctor or a dentist, whatever, if you're medical supplies and you're trying to bilk old people out of their money through Medicare, you're going to fucking go to jail and you're going to pay huge fines if you are taken to court and convicted of violating the Federal False Claims Act. And to you people on Medicare out there listening to this, you need to scrutinize your bills to see if your doctors or attorney or doctors or supply houses are bilking Medicare because that's your money. That's your money that is paying them. And if they're double billing, false billing, overcharging, you need to turn their ass into the fraud hotline. Medicare has a fraud hotline. Social Security has a fraud hotline. They all, we all have fraud hotlines. Turn their fucking ass in because they need to go to prison. Had a doctor down here where I live that built Medicare out of $80 million. He was a heart surgeon here in uh, Lady Lake Fruitland Park area. He went to court. He had his practice taken away from him, but he only ended up getting, he had very good attorneys. He only ended up having to pay about $4 million in fines. The question was, where did the $80 million that he built out of the federal government go to? Well, I can tell you where it went. It went to an offshore bank account that the federal government can't get. And so it was nothing for that doctor to pay $4 million in fines. And he's no longer allowed to practice. He has to practice through another doctor. He can't hang his own shingle out. What kind of shit is that? But anyway, let's go back to the Federal False Claims Act. You need to read it. If you're in business dealing with the federal government, you need to read the Federal False Claims Act and not violate it. If you receive funds that you are not duly entitled to, you need to immediately return them with a formal letter, uh, certified return receipt requested. If you don't do that, you can still get in a lot of trouble. You don't believe me? Call a lawyer who deals in criminal law with the Federal False Claims Act. They will enlighten you on how dangerous this act can be for you, your family, and your pocketbook. Okay? It's an interesting case. Highly suggest that you go and Google it and read it, or just read about Google the Federal False Claims Act. There's a lot of shit out there on Google about it. I used to teach it as a federal... Uh, professor of contract management for the Defense Acquisition University for a, a bunch of other DOD agencies. So, and I'm not a lawyer, I'm a contracting guy by nature, but I know the law very well. So anyway, with that case, it's, it's more about doing the right thing. The husband did the right thing, the wife did not. The husband, by his doing the right thing, however, kept his wife's ass out of jail and his too by doing the right thing. So folks, always do the right thing. Always have integrity in everything that you do. Be honest and ethical in your dealings with people, with business, with clients, and the federal government. You will never go wrong. 
I don't have any issue with the IRS coming to attack people and seize their property if they haven't paid their taxes, like Hunter Biden. He broke the law, and he should have had the law and the, and the courts thrown at him, but he didn't. I just wrote a letter to that judge asking her to reconsider that plea agreement. You should too. You can call the U.S. courthouse where that case is going on and just ask to leave a message for the secretary for that judge. You can Google it. I do it all the time, especially when I see naval officers and other military officers break the law and have to go before a federal judge. I was always honest and ethical in everything I did as a federal contracting officer and as a naval supply corps officer. I would never have broken the law like that. And I think that's why we have to have laws, so people can suffer the consequences for their actions. Okay, so, so much bullshit. Anyway, with that, Bob out.